0: Welcome to Hospitality Meets, with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Joanne Taylor-Stagg, multi-award-winning hotelier and general manager of the Athenaeum in London. Coming up on today's show... Joanne highlights an area for career development.
1: They won't let me make beds because I don't do it well enough.
0: Phil shows us that inspiration comes from anywhere. One of my favourite pieces of philosophy comes from... I can't believe I'm going to say this in public. Comes from Albus Dumbledore in Harry Potter. And Joanne reels off one of the coolest lines we've ever heard on the show.
1: E.T. was edited in this hotel. Is that not the coolest thing to be able to tell you, mate?
0: All that and so much more as we chat through Joanne's story and journey to date. Joanne is absolutely one of the good guys. And some of the work she's doing away from her day-to-day job is absolutely wonderful. And my word, we solved some problems in our chat. A huge thank you to Joanne for giving us so much time. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week, telling the amazing and always amusing stories from hospitality. So please remember to like, subscribe and review on whatever platform you're listening. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. And I have been looking forward to this chat for quite some time now, as I welcome one of the most respected hoteliers in the business, and a multi, multi, multi-award winner to boot, the most recent of which saw her take the Independent Hotelier of the Year Award at the recent Independent Hotel Show. When she's not out there winning in awards, she's also the general manager of the Athenaeum Hotel in London. So I am, of course, talking about the wonderful Joanne Taylor-Stagg. A massive welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Phil, um, and thank you for that Um Quite impressive um, introduction. I hope I live up to uh, to the intro. <laughs>
0: yeah, was, was uh, I always? I, I remember actually having somebody who's a, a kind of neighbor of you. Actually, David um, Cowdery from the uh, Cavalry and Guards Club. Yes, just a down the of road. Down, yeah. Yeah, he was one of my first ever guests, and I um, I did a big intro and asked him, "Was the intro big enough?" Was that intro big enough for you?
1: It was a um, pretty impressive intro. <laughs> it was more than big enough for me. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, you know, I, I think, uh, of course, the, uh, there's a whole story behind how someone gets into a position to, you know, what, when you're kind of getting yourself into a position that people want to, to offer you accolades and awards. So uh, we'll get onto that in a sec. But first of all, how are you?
1: I'm absolutely awesome. How are you?
0: Excellent. Yes, very, very good indeed. It's um, it's just nice to to be doing stuff again.
1: <laughs> it is totally lovely to be doing stuff again. This week we hosted um, uh, at, uh, with Pride of Britain Hotels a um, meet journalists evening. Right, and every single person in the room, bar none, <laughs> said, "Oh, it's so lovely to see people again. Isn't it lovely to be out?" And it yeah. completely is.
0: Oh, God, you know, we we just did a rooms event yesterday. First event that I've, well, first event I've actually put on. But just to the the energy in the room was amazing. Uh, You know, it was like people were going, yes, I am so ready for this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And I think as hoteliers, you know, we are people, people, yeah. So uh, being deprived of, you know, the company of others has just been awful. Yeah, Yeah, it's not right, is it? It's not Right. right. The world is not right when you cannot see people.
0: Yeah, yeah. And see people face to face, not through a screen.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, one of the things I love most about my day is that when I get in the morning, I normally get a hug from either of our doormen, Jim or John. And when nice. that didn't when that didn't happen, I can't tell you the um, I, I, I felt very deprived for a very long yeah. time. Yeah, the hug
0: the hug bank has oh. been uh, it needs topping up.
1: Oh, totally.
0: Yeah, that's uh, no, that's that's all great. And uh, and from uh, well, I'll just talk briefly about business. Are, are things moving in the right direction?
1: Business is getting, um, I guess everything comes with a caveat these days, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah London is definitely getting busier with every single passing week. Um, you can you can see the numbers on a, a massive upward trajectory. Um, mm. The challenge being that we are going through the same issues that our colleagues in the provinces and the countryside and the coast went through earlier in that demand is now outstripping our capacity to service the demand and yeah. and and that is a challenge I've never had in my career before and I don't know what's worse if I'm perfectly honest not not having business or not being able to service it in the volume and the way you want so we we made yeah. the the conscious decision that actually looking after our guests or looking after our team was the most important balance to find and yeah and and turning away business because you can't you know you don't want to kill your team and you want to make sure you do it properly is is yeah it's it's it hurts i've got to yeah. it hurts um, i can only imagine yeah
0: yeah and especially i think you you nailed it there with the point i mean you know you, you could in principle just be completely blind to the the problem and just you know full capacity go for it go 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 and then absolutely just burn your team out completely lose them then from the process and then run the risk of losing people who once cared about what you were doing and it's just that it can it could then very quickly get into a a downward cycle I could I could see so I've heard it from lots of different places which is really great is that that there is this respect for the human and the fact that you know yes we want to give the guests a great experience but we also have to give our team a great experience uh, when they come into work
1: Yeah, completely. It goes back to we are people, people. Yeah, and and as cheesy and as it sounds, we are only as good as our team, and we have to protect them. Yeah, almost at all costs at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's problem number one solved. Look after (laughs) team. Let's uh, let's park that and move on. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned earlier, you know, before you, you got yourself into the position that you are, there's obviously a, a, a long story. Behind, sorry, I shouldn't say that. That, that <laughs> sounds terrible. There's a story behind where you where you got, how you got here. So yeah, take us all the way back to, to the beginning of your career. How did you get into this wonderful industry? Uh,
1: so I I came across hospitality more by chance than design. Okay. I started studying law. I was a fairly focused kid and decided law was what I wanted to do and was really absolutely adamant. Uh, so I went off to, to uni and, like everybody else, I got a waitressing job to pay for my university drinking habits. Um,
0: yeah. Yes, <laughs> we, we've all been there. Although I wasn't a waitress, but, I, um, I uh, uh, yes, yeah, so I definitely had a job to help <laughs> my habits.
1: Exactly. Everybody did it, yeah. Um, yeah. But then kind of halfway through my second year, it kind of dawned on me that I was speeding to get to the restaurant and dawdling to go to class and thought, "Mm, hang on, (laughs) something wrong with this picture here. (laughs) So, and in South Africa, you pay quite a heavy price for a university education. So, my parents were not wealthy. They had stumped up a good chunk of their life savings to send me off. And I was feeling very conflicted. So I went to go and see my grandmother, who I was very close to, and kind of gave her my my conundrum. And she said to me, Joanne, you were born to be in hotels. And she told me the story about how when I was three years old, all of my friends wanted to go to the Wimpy Bar. We didn't have McDonald's back in the day, but wanted to go to the Wimpy Bar. <clears throat>
0: God, uh, that, that ages you, I'm afraid. I
1: know, I know. <laughs> I'm owning it. I'm owning it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but...
0: I, I remember it as well. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <Wimpy.
1: laughs> Yeah, imagine a life before McDonald's. Well, yeah, there was. Um, yeah. There was also a life before Google and Amazon, but hey, who knew? Um, I know.
0: Can you imagine that, Isn't McDonald's, like, it's such an ancient company, but it, it they absolutely didn't really do much for a long time and then just went nuts.
1: Yeah, completely.
0: Yeah, and that was on, on the back of that um, franchise model, wasn't it? Um, yeah. No, they... I've seen that movie, The Fender. <laughs> no, they Other did it very well. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry, I, t- no. I took you off your story.
1: No, no, no worries. Um, so, yeah, so all of my three-year-old friends wanted to go to the Wimpy Bar. This precocious little brat, because I must have been a precocious little brat, wanted to go to the <laughs> five-star hotel for afternoon tea. Very good. Uh, yeah, so I was so small and that I couldn't actually say the name of the hotel. So it was the Ellen Gainey Hotel in Durban. Uh, okay. But I couldn't pronounce it. So I used to say, Granny, can we go to the Gainey? Um, and she would take me for a cup of tea in the China cup, probably put my little finger up, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and she said to me, you were born to be in hotels. And so I plucked up the courage, spoke to my parents who were actually really supportive, <laughs> considering I was wasting a whole chunk of money and yeah designs that I was going to keep them in this grand plush lifestyle that they thought a lawyer would keep them in (laughs) was rapidly disappearing but yeah I changed to hotels and I honestly have not looked back one single day I have loved every well loved most minutes there's been a few I haven't loved but generally I have loved every single opportunity that has come my way as a result.
0: Yeah. Do you know what I, I love about that is that the, one, your parents are obviously awesome because to have that kind of support is exactly what you need when you're just starting out, right? Because your, your brain at that age is still figuring out your path. Some of us are still trying to figure out our path, by the way. Um, <laughs> and um, you need the right people around you to be able to make decisions that feel right to you, that come from the heart. But you, if you had somebody, that's your sliding doors moment right there. If you had somebody that was a lot more forceful in the way that they guided you into something, then, you know, all of a sudden you and I are not having a chat right now.
1: Yeah, if my gran had said to me, do you know how much money they spent? No ways. I would never yeah. even have broached the subject. Yeah, 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 I, yeah absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Is, is that something, I'm not going to dwell on this, but I, I'm, I'm intrigued actually because I don't know anything about the South African schooling system. But in terms of, were you guided into law because you were academically strong and um, there wasn't like like hotels was not put on your plate or, or how did that work?
1: No, I was guided into law because my mother was a journalist and her beat was the Supreme Court. So in my school holidays, I am such a geek as I say this. But anyway, <laughs> in my school <laughs> holidays, I would go down to the law courts with her and listen to to cases. So I listened to parts of Winnie Mandela's trial. I I I was just quite fascinated by the whole process. And so that's why I wanted to do law.
0: Right, 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 right. So it was something that came from you. It wasn't something where you sat with a careers advisor and said, you have to do this because your grades are good.
1: No, but I also have to say that hospitality and hotels were not something that was pushed either pretty much the same as here you know ev- yeah. everyone that had s- semi-decent grades because my grades were brilliant um semi-decent grades was encouraged down a more uh, academic and traditional path yeah yeah yeah
0: I, I I have this discussion with so many people and I the frightening thing for me is is that that's not really changed because when I was at school I, I excelled at one subject other than sport which at that point would you know nobody was saying go into a career in sport because you know that's going to work out well for you <laughs> it was uh physics I, but I it was just one of those subjects I had a natural talent for and I hated hated it I just I, I'm sorry to all the people that work hard to get a talent in something but of course people say well you have to go and explore this at university and I could not have thought of anything worse and I think that they really then sent me into a bit of a whirl in my head around Okay, what what do I do? Yeah. I don't know what to do. And if somebody had then said to me, you know, you've got such a dynamic personality, Phil, you should go into hotels, and then I, you know, I probably would have snapped their hand off. But that wasn't a, a career option that was presented to me.
1: I, and that I think that is true the world over, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yeah, and oh, we need to do something about that. But we'll come on to that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so carry on. I sound a bit like Graham Norton. There, carry on with your story. I'm not um, going to. I'm not going to uh, uh, push you off the red chair. Don't worry.
1: No, no, no. That's fine. So, um, <laughs> I joined the Carlton Hotel, which was a um, a 663 bedroom five star hotel in the centre of Johannesburg. On, on on what was their kind of apprenticeship kind of graduate program? They took five management trainees and five chefs each year, and we did a three year program where from management perspective, we covered every single department. Mm. And then for six weeks a year, we would go off to hotel school. At that stage in South Africa, you couldn't do hotels at university. You could only go through a hotel school model. And we would do six weeks of intensive studying and then exams and then go back and apply the knowledge or at least that was the theory <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I did that for three years and then I I, I joined an, another hotel in, in Johannesburg in conference and banqueting because at that stage that was my passion. I had also been quite influenced in that the, the Carlton was um, it did all the big events uh, so we were headquarters for the ANC during the election build-up we did yeah, you know, we did so many amazing events. And I think that, you know, that's why I fell in love with conference and banqueting at first. Joined a different hotel to be able to pursue that. And then the training manager from the Colton phoned me a year down the line and said, I've bought this well, the term didn't really exist, but a restaurant with rooms, which is pretty much what it was, a small, small hotel. And in the UK would you like to come and I'll pay for your airfare? It was like a superb win. <laughs> <summer>. yeah. <White.
2: laughs> <Sold.
1: laughs> yeah, that was pretty much as as much as I needed. And the plan was I would come over for a year. I would earn some pounds because pounds got you a lot further than rands do. Um, I would backpack around Europe for a year and I would go home having had this amazing experience. mmm um, sounds,
0: sounds like a great plan.
1: It was a great plan. Um, just didn't quite work out that yeah, way. I was going to say,
0: it <laughs> does feel like there's a but.
1: <laughs> um, so I did the first year um, and then I think I accepted that I'm not really a backpack kind of a girl. I'm okay, much well, more comfortable. we going back to the
0: afternoon tea <laughs> I, ex- scenario.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. My room needed to be en suite and if it was going to be en suite I needed a few more pounds to be able to <laughs> um, to travel the way I wanted to. So I decided I would do another year or two but I I needed to get into a bigger environment than, than just the restaurant with room so uh, I applied to Marriott um, and yep. I was accepted as the conference and banqueting manager at the Swindon Marriott and I then started on a 13-year career with Marriott um, up and Freaky. down the country doing all sorts of roles and then <laughs> uh, life can be funny because my first f- proper GM's job because I, I kind of held the fort somewhere else for a little while, but my first proper GM's job was back at the Swindon Marriott. So um, it's the first time I've started a job and got a welcome card signed by the entire team. <laughs> um, because my God, everybody. yeah. Um, well, I, like, remember I remember you
0: everybody. when you were but a whippersnapper.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, and then I, I was there for four years, but during my time well actually it was probably before they announced that London was getting the Olympics and like you sport is quite um features quite heavily in my life although I have to say I'm probably better at watching them playing but anyway um
0: as it transpires so was I <laughs> okay yeah, I, well, we can I share grew that. up on a, a small island and thought I, I thought I was uh you know David Beckham and then uh, <laughs> went to his university and I was not a couple of divisions below <laughs> let's put it that way but um so there we are
1: yeah so it's a, same sort of thing much much better at um you yeah, know watching than playing but I also was absolutely determined to be in London for the Olympics I figured it was once in a career opportunity and uh, yeah pretty much come hello high water I was going to be there yeah and it was apparent that there was going to be no movement in London GM roles with Marriott in the time frame I wanted and so I took this massive leap of faith and it really did feel like that to leave you know what was a very comfortable environment because I knew all the rules and I knew all the players and you know I was getting along quite nicely but I I yeah, leapt into the abyss. Um and I took on uh GM at Crown Plaza Docklands and I have to be honest, one of the major attractions of Crown Plaza Docklands in the beginning was it was within 15 minutes of three Olympic venues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah, so I got to experience the Olympics and it was everything I hoped it would be. It was absolutely insane and awesome i've never worked as well maybe now a little bit more um but yeah we all worked so hard but we had most fun oh
0: it it, it was such a special thing Uh, like i i I have to admit i had a a love-hate relationship with that when london was awarded it uh, because i was living in london at the time and i was i just kept on thinking to myself god the transport network's not busy enough so we're just going to add in another 100,000 people or whoever are going to come to to watch the event Mr negative Nancy here (laughs) but I was working at the time for restaurant associates a contract catering Uh uh, company and I was on a contract with Accenture who were one of the bid sponsors
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and so I was in an Accenture building the day they announced that London had got the Olympics and honestly it was like
2: the, the building party. had just
0: won the World Cup. Uh-huh. You know, the place went absolutely... We had a 1,000 people gathered around four or five televisions that we'd brought in specifically for this. And it was literally... We'd we just score, scored the winning goal in the World Cup. And that really, really lifted me. And then, of course, the next day we, of course, went into 7-7, seven, seven, yes. um, which was not great. But we we don't need to go into that. No, But I just remember going all the way through the Olympics just thinking, this is... This is just wonder a wonderful, wonderful thing. Like it, that, that Super Saturday where Britain just won so many gold medals. I think it's one of those, certainly for a Brit... Maybe not for you, I don't know. But although this is your your country now, really, for all intents and purposes, you've been here probably longer than you were in South Africa.
1: Yeah, much longer. I came up in 95. So I I often say I'm British in all things but accent. And it used to be sport, but it then became in accent and rugby and cricket. But I don't have enough time to watch cricket so much (laughs) at the moment. So now it's in all things but accent and rugby. Rugby is never changing.
0: Yeah, well... (laughs) rugby continues to do well as well (laughs) yes Um, that's true yeah I I just it's one of those moments where I think wherever you were in the world you kind of you know it's one of those I remember where I was when it happened type events and I was in a little pub in the middle of Leicestershire randomly and there was people coming up to i would never been anywhere near this pub in my life and everybody was just in such good spirits and so together and I just thought that's that this is actually one of the best things that's ever happened to this country
1: you see I remember it not just for that super Saturday but I remember you know, well, you, know you had to walk past the hotel to get to the excel center so we had right. I can't remember how many people will pass the front door so I mean we just we didn't stop literally from six o'clock in the morning until you know midnight it was just mental yeah. um, and I remember running around we had pretty much the whole team, we left one person on switchboard, one person on reception, one person in finance, and, you know, and everybody else was in food and beverage serving, yeah, Mm. and you were running around, and every single time somebody got a medal, or, um, you know, finished a race well, or whatever, everything would stop, like, the whole, the whole restaurant, the bar, the whole hotel would, in unison, guests, team, everybody, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then everyone would carry on doing whatever they were doing, and there would there would be this moment of quiet just before the end of a yeah you know, a race or whatever it was, mm. as everybody sat with that couple of seconds of anticipation, erupted into whatever, and then carried on doing whatever, and we did that for days on end <laughs> yeah it was amazing
0: yeah, yeah absolutely I, I i can see the i can absolutely see the attraction and you know to take that that risk i suppose in inverted commas that you were probably had in your mind that it, as you said it was a leap of faith to you know what a great leap of faith in the end
1: oh c- completely completely and you yeah, know in the hotel just absolutely rose to the challenge. We we won Hotel of the Year for um, BDL as it was then that year, which is that kind was of... that the first
0: award you won then? Uh,
1: uh, yes, <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and that was almost a dead cert, wasn't it? Come on, if you're not going to win bloody Hotel of the Year, um, you know, when you've got three Olympic venues on your doorstep, then you know, you yeah, not... yeah, that's so, fair enough. Yeah, but I'll what... give you
0: that one. I'll yeah, give
1: you that one. But what was really cool was we won it again the next year, and and that gave right. me greater pleasure i think because we arguably had to work a little bit harder for that one um yeah, we, we didn't have the cards all stacked in our deck
0: yeah i, I suppose that's the thing when you you've got a a, a a hotel slash venue that is just getting absolutely battered from start to finish in the day because of the quantity of people that are coming in and out your your team gets so att- tuned in with that don't they and and then it becomes habitual yes and it's just it's just part of their psyche yeah but if you take that away it's uh, and you know covid has taught us that probably more than ever that um that uh, habits are quickly formed actually and that's that it's the age-old adage isn't it that that when people are not busy they can find lots of things not to do
1: yes exactly to keep them busy doing not nothing yeah yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah. So um, uh, what happened next?
1: Um, well, I, I, we, we were doing quite well, so I was asked to um, to take on kind of a, a cluster GM's role, looking after the three crown plazas that, at that stage, had become redefined BDL were, had in their portfolio at that stage, which was uh, Crown Plaza Marlow and, and and Reading. But I still had the yeah, the full responsibility for Docklands. And then RBH took on a, a huge big management contract and we landed up with, with a number of additional um, hotels. And so I was asked to apply for a divisional director's role. So looking after all of the Crown Plazas and then asset managing and another hotel. So I had, I had sort of 10 hotels. And that was a real change for me because suddenly I was no longer a general manager. Um, mm. And I had a whole lot of GMs reporting into me, and I hated it. Really? <laughs> I absolutely right. hated it. Um, I just felt so disconnected from. Everything I had loved about hotels, yeah, I didn't really have a team because each of the g m s were the head of their team, rightly, so I mean don't get me wrong, we all got together, and we all had a great time, and what have you, but yeah, there were a group of people, they were not a team yeah and and i f- I felt like I was a report writer, and i I just didn't feel like a hotelier right, and I decided, actually, this is not for me. So Mm. I looked for an opportunity to get back into a hotel and was approached for uh, the Trafalgar St. James as it is now. Then it was a four-star Hilton that was going to be repositioned. And one of the things that kind of sold it for me is when (laughs) the brief was, make me a cool hotel. Okay, that sounds nice. Like fun. Let's do that's that. A ve- that's
0: a very open brief <laughs> isn't um, it, as well.
1: Yeah, th- th- the brief did get a lot more specific as it went on. Yeah, I'm sure it did. as, <laughs> as the
0: uh, As the quotes started coming in,
1: um,
0: yeah. Do you sure we need a, a cinema room <laughs> on the top floor in uh, <laughs> under the stars?
1: Uh, well, yeah. we kind of did that. We created the rooftop bar with a tractable roof stuff. and what have you. And uh, it's it it is still. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to be biased, but it is an absolutely cool bar. Um, Yeah, so so that was an absolute ton of fun, and then RBH contact me. contacted me again and said they had an opportunity to pretty much do the same thing as Trafalgar St. James. They had a hotel that they had just taken on the management of that needed a lot of money spending and repositioning. And would I take it on up in Manchester? And I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that again. That sounds like fun. So we went through all of the process and what have you. And I accepted the job. And then the owner asked to see me and said he was seriously thinking about selling it, um, and I was like, "Oh, ah, mm, um, <laughs> it's not kind of what I signed up for." And I, yeah. um, and I, 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 guess I was. For me, it's really important who I work for, and not knowing who that would be, and also being quite pragmatic about it, we were going to move up to Manchester, which meant we were renting something, and uh, yeah, as a GM, you're going to be a fairly chunky number on their payroll spreadsheet and also I would be going into whoever bought it would be probably their biggest asset and you want you want one of your own people in your biggest asset and I thought oh you're going to be super vulnerable precarious Um, yeah, yeah this doesn't feel right so I decided to graciously decline and say sorry but no which I did and then (laughs) <laughs> and everybody gave me the advice about take some time, think about what it is that you want to do, the right thing will come.
0: Yeah, and, I c- and- think I can see where this is going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that advice is, is very, very good advice. i <laughs> ever <Yeah. laughs> mindful that you've got a mortgage to pay and the money's not coming in. Yeah. Um, it, it's not always as easy to follow that advice. Um, and so I got approached for the Capital Hotel. Yeah, in Knightsbridge and it just had new owners and it yeah and again I was I was probably looking for a dream and sold a bit of a dream that didn't quite turn out to be the reality <laughs> that I was sold so well
0: it happens it, doesn't it?
1: it it absolutely does happen but I also believe in fate because yeah I think in my first or second week at the Capitol, I got a call from a headhunter about would I be interested in Athenaeum and oh,
0: those pesky hat hunters.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I said, Look, thanks very much, but I've only been in my new role two weeks. Absolutely not interested, but mm. thank you. And about six months down the line, <laughs> they called back. <laughs> and six months down the line, I'd kind of realized this wasn't going to be the genius move I thought it was going to be. Right. Um, yeah. And said, Well, let's have a cup of coffee. And I honestly believe that it was just, Fate playing its hand, and I was meant to be at the Athenaeum. The timing just wasn't right. So, yeah, I, I yeah scroll forward a bit, and I I landed up at the Athenaeum a few months later, and yeah, two and a half years. The rest is history. Exactly. Uh,
0: although there's a lot more yet, and we'll come <laughs> on to that. But um, what I really love about that phase of your your journey is is that kind of that transition from a single property into multi-property and you identifying that that's not me and actually you know the the uh, person who always kind of didn't really teach me this directly but I saw him deliver a speech on this very subject is is the wonderful Harry Murray yes and he was one of these people that identified very quickly that he he just wanted to be a general manager he had no desire to you know become a a multi-conglomerate CEO uh, or whatever because he was a hotelier he wants to be On the ground, he wants to be feel connected to the property and to the guests and to the team and all of these things. That actually, when you find that space and you feel that you're you're comfortable or it's getting the best out of you, then yeah, I mean that don't keep shooting for the stars when you've already landed on the moon.
1: It, 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 exactly that. Yeah. And if you find like, a I just made that up, love... by the way. That, that saying. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Keep it. Yeah, I think
0: I need to go further afield than the moon um, in, in that saying. Let's go to Mars, perhaps.
1: <laughs> although it's very topical, just to, yeah, especially. Yeah. Leo, to... indeed, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: and, then, and then in 50 years' time, somebody can say Jupiter or whatever, as, as Elon Musk is <laughs> yeah, pushing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Although he's probably not alive in 50 years. But anyway.
1: I don't know, he might have been cryogenically frozen and brought back <laughs> by then, who true. knows? <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, he'll be here forever. Uh, you heard it here first. Yeah. Exactly,
1: yeah. And and it's true, if you find a job you love, you get an extra five days in your week, yeah?
0: Yeah, 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 totally. And do you know what, as well, that that totally comes across in, uh, we haven't spoken that often over the course of our uh, respective careers um, it's only really in the last sort of few months that we've we've had a a, a few more natters. But you just feel you sound happy, you know, oh. and and comfortable. And actually, then you know that leads on to when you're in that position of internal zen, that's when you do your best work. You know, you um you you you're not having to wake up every morning and go, oh God, I've got to get on that train to get to there to do that. Area meeting with those people, and I just want to, I just want to go back to bed. And uh, and when you find that, it's just it's very special, very special thing.
1: Yeah, there's a a very depressing stat that says more people commit suicide on a Sunday night or a Monday morning than any other time.
2: Oh God, yeah, Uh,
1: yeah, and it's exactly that I think. Yeah, and so finding something that actually makes Monday morning, I mean, clearly hotel's not the best analogy, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, that makes Monday morning fun is absolutely critical.
0: Yeah. Mm. yeah, absolutely. And you know, you have, how long have you been at the Athenaeum now?
1: Uh, since February 19, so yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah what, what, a f- what, a, what a funny period you've had there.
1: Oh yes, sporting analogy, game of two halves, yeah? Yes,
0: for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, but you know, I'll try to take positives out of negative situations. But the, uh, you know, we're all being taught a, a whole load of new skills, aren't we, through through this period?
1: Actually, I know, I know this sounds really bizarre, but actually, we have had some incredible things happen because of COVID, and yeah, we we took some different decisions to to other people, partly because. Yeah, we as well as the hotel, we also have some residences attached to yeah. the building, and we have some long term guests who live with us. Yeah, and, yeah. And so I I, re- I remember as, you know, as, as the madness started to begin, and all of these, you know, these questions about, you know, b- before we even got into lockdown in the kind of weeks before about, you know, what do you do about your team? And you know, do you stay open? Do you stay closed? Nobody's coming in. Mm. You know, the borders are shutting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What do we do? What do we do? And and we, I, I'm superbly lucky to have a management company and ownership that are not in it just for the cash. They want to do the right thing. Yeah. We often talk about a, a three-legged stool. You know, your guests, your team, and the finances, and neither one of those legs should be longer or shorter than the other in a perfect world. And so we didn't just talk about the money. We spoke about, you know, what do we do about the team and what do we do about our residents? And so we decided to stay open because we wanted to look after those residents. Mm. Um, And that gave us a multitude of opportunities that, you know, we wouldn't have had otherwise, you know, when we went into lockdown, we had two very small teams, literally 12 people in the building, one week on, one week off. We created bubbles before we knew what bubbles were. Uh, <laughs> and um, we, everybody did everything. We, we got to the stage where we didn't have departments. We just had a hotel team. Um,
2: yeah.
1: and, and so many people learned so much. And I remember at the end of first lockdown, I asked all of the people that had been working during lockdown because you know, I wanted them to to think about what they had gained from the experience because let's face it, some of their friends in that in that first lockdown was a really nice summer. Um some of their yeah. friends had, you know, had amazing suntans and had been doing not a lot. Um and yeah. Do I really
0: need to come back to work <laughs> right now?
1: And, and the ones that had been working, I wanted them to feel like actually they'd had an opportunity. And so I asked them to tell me what it was that they had learned or gained from the experience. And Phil, you know, it was, it was amazing. They came back and and honestly, the overriding things were, I know more than I ever thought I did. I should have more confidence in myself than I ever do because actually I'm more capable than I ever thought I was. Mm. And actually we are no longer a, a a team were a family and yeah. that we wouldn't have had that if it wasn't for COVID. We enhanced our guest service immeasurably. We really thought about what mattered and, you yeah, know, and as a result, our, our our guest feedback scores have absolutely improved exponentially, you yeah. know, and the, yeah, we, we always tried our best to look after the team. I, I don't get me wrong we're not perfect and we mess up like everybody else. Um, yeah. yeah. But it, it really came to the fore. We spent so much time training people and doing Zooms partly because people needed to see one another. And the only way we could do that was over Zoom, but partly to give them training. And we had everything from the you know, chefs showing team members how to make dip chocolate strawberries in time for Mother's Day to how to load the, the Dishwasher with your uniform, the dishwasher. Sorry, the washing machine with your uniform, or yeah. how to work the dishwasher, which I probably needed a bit more training on early days. Than <laughs> I um, should we? Should we just say flooding and foam party and? <laughs> and leave it there. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, and and it, the team really gained from that, and and a confidence and trust that we would never have had. And then the other really amazing opportunities we got to look after some of the people that were going through the toughest of times because we took in key workers. And and the two stories that I love to tell are about a policeman and his nurse girlfriend that came and stayed with us one night a week, every week. And he said to me, you know, Joanne, I, I cannot tell you how much this means to us because for 24 hours every single week, we stop the madness and we get to reconnect and spend some time together and basically repower ourselves to yeah. get out into the madness. And, uh, yeah, and that was pretty cool. But the coolest story of all was we had a consultant who clearly COVID wasn't his speciality, but it became something he had to deal with. Um, yeah. And he was super worried about his family. So he had moved into an on-call room in the hospital and his wife and two girls were were home. And I, I can't remember how long it was, but it was a good, I don't know, six, eight weeks or so. And he found us and... And he, he, he stayed with us and he, he almost interrogated us. Honestly, he was like, how do you clean this? And, and, and we pretty much pulled off the shelf our norovirus, um, (laughs) training and we kind of figured, well, it's a virus. We don't really know. Yeah. We're kind of making it up as we go along here to the best of our ability, but let's yeah, we know norovirus is highly contagious. Okay, the repercussions are not quite as severe. But if we can handle it and mitigate the spread in the same way, then we should be okay. Um, and yeah. actually, yeah, we were more than okay. We we managed to keep the hotel absolutely safe as a button until well into into. Second lockdown before we had our first our first COVID case, you know, right. that's hotel related. But yep. he 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 checked us out. He asked a million questions, and because he felt safe and comfortable with us, the next week he stayed again. But his family came, and that was the first time he would seen his family in weeks and weeks. That's very cool, and that was just it's those moments that actually you realize we really do have the coolest job in the world because we made a memory that that family will cherish forever.
0: Yeah. And uh, do you know that, that that's, oh, that's warmed my heart. The, um, the, the thing I love about that is, is, that that is that's hospitality right there. And I, I'm going to come back to Harry Murray again. Uh, sorry, Harry. Um, <laughs> we've already done a podcast. But he talks about the the fact that, you know, this is the, the industry of dreams. And actually, sometimes the dreams can be the, the smallest little thing that makes such a massive impact on somebody's life. And ultimately, you have just been the facilitators of bringing a family back together again, you know, in a time of madness. That's 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 phenomenally special.
1: Yeah. Uh, honestly, a privilege. Yeah.
0: Yeah absolutely and then as you say then then you wake up if if that's what we're doing today then god i'm you know i'm in yeah i um i I, I, that's yeah just really lovely and then how can you i was about to go political then i stopped myself (laughs) i was i was about to say something about how can you ever class this industry as low skilled but Uh, um, well
1: yes you can't is quite simply um my answer it's not
0: yeah they They could do with some hospitality training actually the the government the um the ability to make people feel special is, uh,
1: yes is the greatest
0: yes. greatest skill on earth,
1: yes, and I think you know i I'm taking it off of politics, but I don't think anybody truly appreciates what an absolutely skilled role housekeeping do, yeah. <laughs> I am. Well, I'm not. A, they do now. <laughs> oh, but they always have, you know. I, yeah, yeah. I They won't let me make beds because I don't do it well enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um. They absolutely have. You know, So many skills that I. Yeah. You know, really should be valued more.
0: Yeah. Without getting political. <laughs> we we appreciate your help, Joanne. But um, is yes. there something else you need to be doing right now?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm allowed to strip. Beds, and I'm allowed on the dishwasher now. Um, but that's a yeah, that's about all they'll let me do.
0: <laughs> that's that's actually the same principle with me in gardening. I am fine when it's uh, it's about destruction. I am not so fine when it's about uh, nurturing and making things live. Yeah, but uh, that's another story. No, that's really cool. And I, I, as you say, you have to. It's it can be very very easy to just focus on the negatives in such a a really strenuous time. But there's so you don't have to look very hard to find these little pockets and moments of inspiration that really just give you the the lift and especially when you're in a, a role where you are used to doing you're, you're used to being with people and uh no that's a that's a phenomenally special thing
1: Yep, yep
0: I take my hat off to you yeah so you're well I suppose now you it's it's kind of head down focus on just continual improvement obviously i mentioned at the top of the show that you're multi-award winning how do these come around is it i I get the you're quite a humble person i feel i don't feel like you're out there looking for these they just have a habit of coming to you
1: i i think if i'm perfectly honest i just think i was lucky enough to be in the right hotel at the right time and right yeah and
0: and that's quite a humble answer so you, just, <laughs> you just backed and, up my point
1: and i'm i am surrounded by the most incredible team who you know who allow me to do what i do they make me look good yeah
0: yeah i've always do you know i've always believed that as you've just said there that moment where everything just comes together you're in the right place surrounded by the right people and sparks fly uh amazing things happen and it, you don't even need to kind of think about it too hard or or plan it too much because you're just surrounded people who give them monkeys about what they do.
1: Yes. And it becomes contagious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're having, you're having a good time and I do believe success breeds success. And yeah. And I remember Jonathan Raggett once saying to me, talent goes where talent wants." and really talented people look for places that they're going to be appreciated be able to shine and and to succeed and I, you know and and then that becomes a self fulfilling thing because mm. you have more talented people doing what they love achieving more and then yeah. more talented people join them and you know and it it, be, it does become a virtuous circle
0: yeah absolutely i quoted uh, lewis hamilton to come bring it back to sport Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you love him or hate him, doesn't seem to be anywhere in the middle uh, for that. Uh, weirdly, but anyway, he uh, his saying of "We rise together." I just absolutely yes. love.
1: Yes, and um, yes, absolutely, yes. And every single person on the team plays an equally important role. Yeah, every single person is valuable, and and what they deliver contributes to the whole.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. There's no one. What well, it's, it's coming back to your um three-legged stool, except this stool's probably a little bit bigger, um, <laughs> a few more legs on it. But when you um, if everybody, as you say, then you're you're kind of looking at it from a family perspective as opposed to a team perspective. Then you know, if somebody's struggling, then the family get behind the person who's struggling and and lift them back up again. And then that person feels more motivated because they've just been supported and helped. And all of a sudden, you know, it's just like this, this wonderful little thing that just keeps moving forward.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's not rocket science, is it?
1: No, it's not. It's absolutely (laughs) not. It's pretty simple, really. Uh, Yeah. It it almost goes back to the Marriott principles. And maybe it's because I spent so much time there was grounded in this philosophy of look after your people and they'll look after the guests and guests will look after the money.
0: Yeah. I, I could not agree more I think if, if money is the primary focus of that then then there there's something misaligned I am fully aware as a business owner that money is an important part of the jigsaw but, uh, but it's not in isolation it's, uh, it can't be achieved without the, uh, the positive effects of all these other things
1: I think it also depends on what your owners and that's why it's really important to me who I work for yeah. what your owners ambitions are and are they a short term you know flip? Are they looking to buy, either invest or strip? Because that there are definitely two ways. <laughs> um, yeah. and and uh, and sell it, the hotel again quickly for a profit. And and if that's what they're after, then you know what you're getting. Yeah. And then money becomes primary focus number one. Yeah. But if you're lucky enough to to work for owners that are in it for the long run, you know, that see it as a, I don't know, a legacy asset, if you like, Mm. you know, then they don't take short-term decisions. They will think about, well, actually we'll take, you know, one for the team now because the growth long-term will deliver, you know, and and that long-term view is is really, I I think, is what enables success.
0: Yeah. It it's it sort of underpinned by stability then isn't it as well because there's there's not this desire or need to <clears throat> excuse me to to flip and go um, no. and that gives everybody a lot more clarity of of vision
1: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and just doing the right thing and like I said don't Please don't get me wrong. We, we get it wrong with the best of them. But we always start with a good intention, <laughs> even if sometimes yeah. the execution goes awry. The intention is always, is always to do the right thing for the long term.
0: Yeah. And how can you lambast a good intention uh, in the end? You know, it's, a, it's a, a, a good positive part of leadership that, isn't it, is ensuring that people are not getting shot down for having good intentions, even if they got something wrong.
1: Indeed, indeed, it is absolutely critical. We often we often talk in the team about yeah. I'm quite comfortable with people making mistakes. In fact, I encourage people not purposefully to make mistakes. No, but, <laughs> but to try things they haven't done before. You know, there's there's a a, a fabulous story about a, a young guy who. Interviewed the founder of IBM, uh, TJ Watson, and said to him, I want to become as successful as you, what do I need to do? And he said, if you want to become more successful, the first thing you need to do is double your failure rate. And and I, I really believe that. I believe if you yeah, the wonderful thing about being hoteliers is we're not we're not brain surgeons, we're not yeah. pilots. If we get it wrong, it's either gonna be a lot of groveling, we might look like a Muppet Um, and it might cost us a bit of money, but actually with a couple of, you know, clear exceptions, allergens and legionnaires and what have you, actually we can have a go. And I think that's one of the amazing things about our industry is, you know, we we talked in the beginning about so many people, you know, (laughs) find a job in hospitality to pay for university drinking or whatever. Mm. And a lot of us people don't stay, they you know, they do their degree and whatever else and go and do whatever else it is. But in that time we've we've given them so many skills and not just not just hospitality skills, but life skills. Yeah. You know, and and you know, when we're talking about positive things, I wish that message would come through so much more. Um, oh,
0: I could not agree more. You can't learn this stuff in a classroom. You know, you've know, got to get out there into the world and, and learn it for yourself and uh, one of the, the biggest things that I tell anyone that wants to listen is that get out and travel and use hospitality as your means to travel if you so wish uh, in terms of you know drop in and out of jobs when you're you're young that's exactly what I did um, mm-hmm. for a, a, a short period of my life six months but you you know you're coming into a new team every time so you have to learn your ability to adapt to come into that environment. You're dealing with a different product and a different kind of approach to service every single time. So you've got to adapt to that and all of these sorts of things. And all they keep t- teaching you is how to adapt to an ever-changing set of circumstances. And that right there is life. That and,
1: and how to relate to people, yeah, whether they're your teammates, whether they're your guests, whether, you know, wh- whomever, you learn, you learn how to live with other people.
0: Yeah absolutely of uh of, of all shapes and sizes creeds, colors everything the whole lot uh, it's absolutely. just absolutely it all becomes so much easier so yeah come back to the point of highly skilled is the greatest skill you could ever teach yourself how to work with and deal with people yes and you know ultimately all the growth of your life happens on the back of your errors you know so just yeah as the guy says double your error rate yep and uh, and you'll be right as long as you're surrounded by a leader who accepts that <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> i mean
1: it, it should always be a learning if things go I, actually not just when things go wrong we also should learn more from when things go right but yeah, yeah. I, actually reflecting and okay what did i do what was the outcome would i do that again i think is is absolutely critical in everything we do
0: yeah absolutely no that that's that's wonderful now we we when we first had a chat about this, you have uh, a little project in the offing. Uh, I do at, at the moment. <laughs> I do, and I think finally we can actually talk about it.
1: Yes, we can. So, as part of master inholders, so I, I guess if, I, if you'll humour me to do a little bit of um, scene setting, absolutely. Uh, if you if you remember, sort of November time last year, yeah, uh, there was the whole push for a seat at the table.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I was asked if I would yeah, support it and do a little video snippet. And in trying to find something original to say because let's face it there'd been a lot more um, pretty awesome people doing their videos before they asked me and I was thinking, oh, okay, let's find something to say. I did a bit of research and and a few facts kind of hit me at the same time there was some anecdotal evidence and mm what hit me was as an industry hospitality held 10 percent of all of the jobs pre-covid right by november the office for national statistics was saying that a third or thereabouts of all redundancies were coming from my industry and in the whole if you were under 30 in fact if i recall correctly it was under 26 but let's just go with under 30. yeah um more than half of people made redundant were under 30 and that hit me like a ton of bricks because that's all of our future talent yeah yeah and and so there was there was that and then we were hearing stories because Master in-holders, you know, one of the main reasons master in-holders exist is to make sure that we are improving the standards of the industry and developing talent for the future. And I, I really believe that the only reason I'm here is because a lot of really awesome people saw some talent or some potential or some something in a little you know scruffy no hoper and helped me get to where I am. Who,
0: who likes tea in a a nice
1: <laughs> in a in a, a, a nice cup? <laughs> <laughs> Burn china all the way. <laughs> yeah. um, Ultimately,
0: that's what got you the jobs, <laughs> I'm sure. <yeah. laughs> uh, but it's, um, it's a damn good point, though. Around you, you nobody can get anywhere without somebody seeing something in you that you don't see in yourself correct uh, and it, that's an inevitable part a part of, of somebody's evolution i think as a human
1: ab- absolutely but i also think it is our responsibility to pay that forward or back whichever yeah. way you're know, back for us forward for somebody else but yeah you know, we we need to make sure that that happens for the next generation yeah you know, and yeah you know, so so master inholders do a lot of really cool things um you know I was lucky enough many years ago to get a scholarship to go to Cornell University um, through the yeah you know, the Master Inholders and the Worshipful Company of Inholders and the Civil yep. Educational Trust. They they sponsored that, but they still they still do, and and that changed my career. Um, and so there's the scholarships. There's also the Master Inholders um, Mild program, which which is aimed at a, a slightly more junior level, but helps. Develop leaders of the future. And because of COVID, we weren't able to do those things, you know. Everything just got put on pause. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then we were hearing these anecdotal stories of people that had been on mild for example you know people that were interested in hotels had great potential we saw as our future leaders had been made redundant because it's face we had to make people redundant we you know although I have to say if we knew then what we know now we might not have but anyway yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, skip past that for the minute yeah you know, we we'd made them redundant and they were going off to other industries and we we're like we've got to find a way to get them back at some point and yeah. and so we we had this bit of a uh, yeah, conversation with David Morgan Hewitt, who's chair of Moss Inholders, and, and and a few other people about the dilemma that our industry was going to face if we lost our talent. And so Midas was born, Master Inholders Developing Additional Skills. And we had this half a harebrained plan, because really it was only half a harebrained plan in the beginning, about making a vehicle where people could network and learn things and keep connected and engaged with our industry no matter where they were um, at whatever hotel anywhere up and down the country we really didn't care we just wanted to try and reach these people and keep them involved and um, but you needed someone was a bit more smart than I am so we approached Dr. <laughs> Hillary Cook um, and said Hilary Being help. humble again. <laughs> no 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 trust me that one's not humble that one's <laughs> absolutely reality um, and, and said Hilary help us and and Hilary being the amazing woman she did she absolutely did. We We managed to get some seed money to kind of build a website and get some kit together and everybody the goodwill that came out of creating Midas was incredible. Everybody Mm. gave their time for free, you know, just to make it come together. And, and we did six modules focused with, with different, you know, webinars and masterclasses and podcasts and all sorts of things on different subjects for, for six months. And originally it had just been kind of a six month plan. And then we'd probably (laughs) all get back to our normal day jobs and everything. would be fine. Um, Clearly that hasn't ah. quite turned out that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we found that actually there's a real need and a real desire for people to still be connected and to still learn things and, you know, in, in the early days, we thought we'd get about 30 people turn up. And we thought if we got 30 people, we'd be fine. And David challenged us to kind of get to 50. <laughs> uh, shall we just say the numbers way, way, way <laughs> exceeded that? In fact, we beat those numbers on our very first. Um, you know, 57. Master- no, the, the <laughs> first one we did, we had like over 100 people sign up for the masterclass. And we were like, uh, uh, we actually don't know how to accommodate 100 100- people people wow. on the yeah. so um we 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 learned some things as we went along but yeah overall honestly couldn't be more proud of of the team that all got together and chris todd needs an absolute special mention because honestly he's he's the guy that makes it happen you know and yeah so we, we ran that program and then we we took a bit of a time out in the summer to to kind of reflect and did we need to carry on? Was there a need? Should we carry on? And mm. if we did, what did it look like? And we we asked the people that had, had uh, yeah, attended Midas um, in some shape or form, and overwhelmingly they came back and said yes. So we are doing it again, right. slightly differently, because in the early days when it. We launched in lockdown, we found that the live masterclasses just, I think the average attendance was 82, but once, uh, and that's over the whole period, we had significantly more people on the on the live masterclasses in the beginning and then as industry opened up and hotels started to get busy in the countryside and on the coast it switched to people wanting recorded stuff yep. um, so so we've tweaked things around a bit but I'm delighted to say that we are starting Midas again on the 2nd of November and in response to what yeah because we, we're doing it for other people and what they tell us they want probably the number one request was stuff to help career development and mentoring yeah so our first three pieces if you like um the first uh theme will be on mentoring and career development and how to how to really use mentoring to yeah just turbocharge your career i guess um so the November the 2nd will be a webinar and a panel discussion on what actually makes successful mentoring. And then okay. we'll follow it up with how to get the best out of that relationship because I think it's always one of those odd things. I always say this, that I, um, I was lucky enough uh, to have Philip Newman-Hall as a mentor. If I'm honest, I still call him now regardless of whether he's officially or unofficially. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's but-
0: kind of what happens though, isn't it, with uh, with good Mentor, mentee relationships.
1: Exactly. But I also remember being absolutely terrified the first time I met him. You know, yeah. He was the MD of Le Manoir. Oh my goodness, have you seen that hotel? How cool is that? And you know, and, and it's quite daunting and intimidating, but you own the relationship as the mentee. And how how brave are you sometimes to pick up the phone or to engage? And how do you get the best out of that relationship? So we're gonna do some real nuts and bolts on on how to make it work because there's also a lot of mentoring that doesn't particularly work. And we want to make sure that, you know, these guys get the best out of it. And then we'll, we'll on, that's the 22nd of November. And then the 7th of December, we will finish the theme with a podcast with some real live examples of some people that have gone through it and what it has done for them. So, and then we'll we'll work on on um uh, well we figured no one wants to talk to us after December anyway and we did the podcast last <laughs> so that people can just download it and listen to it whenever they want yeah. um, and then we'll probably start again late January but yeah it's it's really exciting and yeah like I say really I'm I'm so blessed to be surrounded by a group of people that really want to do something positive for our future talent.
0: Yeah, I, I th- it's such a critical thing right now. I mean, it's not even, I suppose, just about it being a right now thing. It's just about doing the right thing, you know, for the 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 future of yes. the industry. And and the the statistics you gave me at the at the head of that little uh, piece there is 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 quite is alarming.
1: Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah,
0: and then you know and then it's on the back of that it's about you know it's people like you that then have and you know i know that you're you're absolutely team 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 focused all the way that you're providing a a working place for these people to come into that they want to be in and that's uh that's another piece of the jigsaw isn't it
1: yeah absolutely because there's no point (laughs) spending all this time trying to try and develop and 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 then yeah i mean there are some there are some Unfortunately, some shocking hotels out there. So I think the stuff Sally Beck's doing on the hoteliers charter is just absolutely so important to us right now. That yeah, if yeah, if if you're, you know, going back to Jonathan Raggett's thing about talent goes with talent. Wants if if you are a bright young thing and want to you know aspire to be a GM or a you know a director of revenue or marketing or whatever it is you you want to put your career in the hands of somebody who's going to look after it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think the hotelish charter is is uh, Yeah. We needed it before, but I think we need it even more now. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I think it's an amazing initiative.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think there's um, it's, and uh, you know, I suppose at the end of the day, it's more positives coming on the back of COVID. Yep. things that we probably already needed that maybe we just didn't think or or feel like we had the time to put together beforehand now in the moment of need your know, thing little initiative little hardly little <laughs> uh, big initiatives like this are coming together you know at exactly the right time and and if it this is the thing you know, I mean if it takes a a big shift or a big event to shift mentalities a little bit, then that's that's fine that's great at least it's happening. And there's just been, there's been so much, I I feel like in hospitality's moment of need right now, there has never been a more coming together of people that work in the industry. There's this kind of this, I'm going to use a a very overused word, but this kind of sense of cooperation now. It's not uh, around, oh, well, I'm sure there's probably an element that still goes on. Well, they're getting 450 quid, so we have to put our rate up to 467 or, or whatever. I'm sure that still goes on, but it's not, that's just, you know, that's the financial part of uh, competitiveness. But the rest of it is around how do we work together to make this industry, the best bloody industry to come in and work. And uh, I take my hat off to you to you guys and to, to Sally Beck. And Sally and I are going to have a chat in the new year as well. So I look forward to that. We absolutely need people like you to, to do the things that you're doing. For the for the greater good,
1: it goes back to that long termism. Yeah, if you if you yeah you know, uh, the good old um Stephen Covey seven <laughs> yeah you know, habits of highly effective people begin with the end in mind. Yeah, yeah, and and the end has to be a better industry. Yeah, you know? uh, and yeah, uh, and I'm I'm happy to say it. We haven't always paid well enough, and I'm quite delighted that some of the you know, the rates are going up and i think yeah there is some of the yeah you know, the madness out there that you were talking about and i think things will settle but i also think we need to do a much better job about shouting about the good that there is because our challenge yeah. is that there's there's absolute poles apart and and let's face it the you know headline is much great or it's going to be read a whole lot more if it says you know chef bullied in the kitchen then yeah chef had a great day in the kitchen (laughs) yeah Yeah. Um, for the
0: 364 other days of their career they uh, across that year they had a wonderful experience and then that one moment will be the thing that gets the press
1: yeah and and, uh, but those things do happen and we need to as an industry get better at you know going back to that raising the standards and 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 almost calling out the guys that aren't Absolutely. living up to that expectation you know there's a there's a great book about you know is is it making the boat go faster and if there's somebody who's actively drilling holes in our boat let's launch them out <laughs> <You know>? yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's a cracker actually yeah I the um I, I totally agree I you know it does feel a little bit like it's hospitality's me too moment um here to, to we should have an amnesty on this let's let's air the dirty laundry now in one big hit Uh and then draw a line collectively and say that going forward this is totally unacceptable we we will we do accept that people will make mistakes along the way but be prepared to get educated uh, and get educated fast uh, about any malpractice uh, practice that comes along along these lines because it's it's just I, i it kind of amazes me that in 2021 we're still having to talk about this stuff this is basic human behavior we're talking about.
1: It's actually wrong, you know, like the whole trunk conversation. You know, yep. we every single penny of our of our service charge and our grat's goes to our team. We don't charge them for the credit cards. We don't even charge them for the trunk master. We pay that because yep. that's the right thing to do. You yep. know, and I, I I sorry, I do get quite animated and angry that you know people believe that they have a a right to take away from the guys that actually earns it. And let's face it, are probably earning less than the guys that are taking a share.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You, you just got to do the right thing.
0: Yeah. And totally don't ever apologize for having positive passion um, <laughs> for, for sure. That the, yeah, um, I, I completely agree with you. It's just, a. I, I, This is the second time I'm going to use this phrase today. I was speaking to somebody else about this 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 morning. One of my favorite pieces of philosophy comes, I can't believe I'm going to say this in public, comes from Albus Dumbledore in Harry Potter.
1: Come on, Albus Dumbledore is a legend. Do not apologize (laughs) for Harry Potter.
0: (laughs) Is that that soon we all have to choose between what is right and what is easy. And um, that to me is, I just think, an absolutely wonderful pillar for life. Yes. Um, you know, it, the, making the right calls is sometimes a really, really difficult thing to do, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do that. Yeah. And uh, and especially when it comes down to things like this, it's just mm-hmm. a, that that th- thing there about trunk and service charge comes down to pure and simply respect. If you respect the people who are doing it, then you're going to do the right thing. If if there's no respect there, then that's when things start getting awry and. Starting going all over the place, and who would want to work for some someone where you you don't feel respected?
1: Yeah, completely. It's back, for me. It's about integrity. Yeah, integrity is what you do when nobody is looking.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and if you you can look yourself in the face every morning and say, you know, and I may not have got it right, but I really really tried to do the right thing. Then I'm I'm good with it.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I uh, and we need a lot more of it. Uh, as well we need people just to have the confidence to to come out with it you know and 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 let's let's get all the good people together let's solve the problems together because there's enough of us around there for sure that you know and there's definitely enough passion for this so I uh, I'm right behind anything that uh, that anybody does positively Um, I think we collectively can make a massive difference
1: I I hope so. We 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 really do need it. I think you know, not not just hospitality, but the whole world. I do believe we are living through our our own industrial revolution. Whatever it lands, the history books land up calling this. Yeah, uh, the know,
0: human human revolution. Uh,
1: yeah, whatever whatever it 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 lands up being, we are living through the most monumental change. Yeah, you know, in in centuries. Mm. Uh, yeah, and. I hope the little naive um, unicorn (laughs) in me hopes that um, the world is actually a better place for it. And and it really feels like it's happening, whether it's sustainability or human rights, or I don't know, there just does seem to be a greater movement towards doing the greater good.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that's nothing but a good thing god there's a uh, there's a few high horses getting jumped on here today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought my stepladder <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah i historically, I'm just used to jumping on little ponies, but the um but no there's some some bigger Clydesdale horses getting brought into the equation but uh but no, you know it's important that we have these discussions, I think, and uh you know I, one of the reasons I started this podcast in the first place was to. Shout about the good stuff that happens in in this industry, and and really just do that through the people, because there's no better things that happen in this industry than that are everything good that happens happens through the people that work here, and so you know that's me just doing my little bit, uh, and I'm hoping that that takes me down into different paths to do other things, because I you know I, as somebody who works on the fringes of the industry and in inverted commas I um, I see a lot of different. People and a lot of different companies, and uh, and I do. It probably took me getting the wrong side of forty to uh, to really kind of realize that I I fundamentally can have a voice here, and very much want to.
1: I think that just comes with experience and 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 a confidence that you only get through age. You yeah? I think it takes us our twenties and most of our thirties, and some of us even longer than that too to get comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And yeah, and once you are then you really can affect change.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. My god, we're solving problems today. <laughs>
1: I hope they're still solved tomorrow, yeah? yeah. <laughs> Nobody better break yeah, gonna, them overnight. <laughs> no, I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to take a day off tomorrow. <laughs> no, that's cool. I, you know, one of the big things that I think we, we we absolutely need to shout about more is how much fun we have uh, in this industry as well. I think that's really underplayed. You know, yes, there are moments of pressure. Yes, there are moments where you, 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 know, you question your life choices. But that's the same in any uh, industry you choose to go work in. Uh, the the differential for me is is that this is an industry of r- relentless fun.
1: Uh, yes, and everyone talks about the unsociable hours, but oh my goodness, we have social in our hours, all yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah.
0: And we I was talking to somebody about this yesterday uh, around the fact that you the, the people you meet and work with when you're in the right environment, you are friends with these people for life and you can have 30 years where you don't talk to each other but as soon as you walk into the same room with these people again you're back 30 years ago to all the stuff that you used to get up to you know and it it, it's i just think the bonds that this industry provides uh, are are second to none
1: i also think that i don't think we appreciate that enough in relation to some of those other you know we started talking about oh education almost encourages you to become i don't know a doctor lawyer and accountant yeah I have friends that are doctors lawyers, accountants, and yeah apart from the fact that we always want to speak to the doctor about a friend who has an issue and how do you, um, <laughs> you know, how do you resolve this thing but, yeah yeah you know, when, once you've got past the you know how, how do I fix my ingrown toenail or whatever it is um <laughs> no nobody actually really and I know this sounds awful and I really don't mean it to be disrespectful, but nobody wants to talk to the accountants about how they balance the books. No, nobody wants, you know, sometimes if the lawyer's got some interesting thing, then maybe. But every time we get together, everybody wants to know about, oh, who's been in the hotel? And, oh, what happened now? Because (laughs) we really do have fun. And we get a million stories of, you know, funny things that happen. And, yeah, we need to be discreet about, you know, the guests we Have stay and everything else, but yeah, you can anonymize some of the hilarity that happens, in it. and every day is, yeah, is different. And every day, there's a moment where you laugh out loud,
0: yeah, uh, totally. And I uh, that leads me nicely on actually to asking you if, because uh, I do like to ask this question, are there any stories that you can share with us of, <laughs> uh, of fun times apart from every day?
1: A- apart from every day, um. <laughs> Oh, putting me on the spot. Let me let me give that some some because uh, there's a million. It's just finding finding one that isn't going through the Rolodex. Yeah, mind. yeah, exactly. Isn't too embarrassing or or too awkward. Or uh, let, let's not go for a funny story. But I'm I'm a child of a certain age, as we've already <laughs> discovered, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know one of the absolutely coolest things about my hotel that I just cannot get enough of telling the story is that um Steven Spielberg used to stay here a lot in in the days that he was he was um directing more and he that's, liked- a,
0: that's a great setup for a story, by the way. Yeah. Just dropping that name <laughs>
1: in. Um, so he, he likes to work late. And so he used to take two of our apartments because the apartments can in- interconnect. Yeah. And he set up an editing suite in one of the apartments. So ET was edited in this hotel. Is that not the coolest thing to be able to tell you, mate? Really? Yeah.
0: That is cool. That's cool, and that 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 speaks to the uh that creating experiences through history as well, like in terms of you know what 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 went down in this hotel <laughs>
1: correct and i think e t is long enough uh, ago that I can get away with telling this story, but i think it is such a cool story i mean yeah you know, there's been many others uh, going back just cuz whilst we're talking history over the of the road from the hotel is down street station it's a disused station they built it in the days where actually you could drive around mayfair so it got disused quite quickly and during the second world war they used to evacuate churchill from downing street to down street station and right. the story goes, I'm sure it's been embellished over the years, but the, yeah, the, that, never, <laughs> that never happens. No, never, 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 not at all, not once. <laughs> um, the story goes that he would sit in our bar. <clears throat> because he didn't like going in into Down Street. He called it cold and dark and damp. Right. And he would sit in our bar drinking champagne. That's probably the bit that's been embellished and smoking his cigar, which I totally believe. Yeah. Um until he could hear the planes. Not until the sirens went off, but until he could hear the planes. And then he would walk over the road and down into Down Street. And I love that story too. I think that's also cool as.
0: Yeah, totally. And and if I, well I'm just gonna go with it that it's completely hundred percent true
1: <laughs> well whether the champagne was true or not you know he yeah. might have been drinking whiskey because actually he actually liked whiskey more if you read the history books but whatever right. he was drinking I really don't care if it was water I'd be happy <laughs>
0: yeah, I think he's quite an adaptable drinker
1: <clears throat> I think he was an adaptable yeah. drinker <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but I also love the 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 idea that he might have just you know, he's got this philosophy in his brain going, well, if it's my time, it's my time.
1: I, I think he was also, uh, you yeah, know, I'm going to say stubborn, determined. that, yeah. yeah. No, I'm I'm not being cowed. I will stand up and I'll be sensible, but I'm not being any more than that.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's brilliant. You, you came up trumps for the this, this stories. That works for me. I, I am eminently conscious that you've been very gracious with your your time so i am going to uh to wrap this up shortly you'll be glad to hear i thought i was going to have to at one point put you know if you ever, ever watch top gear and they do this long piece and they do a fade out and it says sometime later and then we, <laughs> we, we fade, fade back in um but no i've i've enjoyed every minute of our chat and i think you um, you, you. you're definitely one of the uh the, the shining stars of this industry and and it's great that you're putting yourself. Front and center, really, in terms of, of of getting at the table to 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 make things better. And if more people would do that, then you know we'd we'd quickly recover the any ground lost through COVID. So that's my uh, my rally cry to anybody is to to take some inspiration from from the work that you're doing.
1: No, th- thank you. That's very kind. Because you know we there's definitely space for lots of people to just do a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, and. And together, we absolutely can make a difference.
0: Yeah, brilliant. If people would like to get a hold with you to learn more about what you're doing, or learn more about your your property, or or just chew the fat with you, what's the best method for them to do that?
1: Uh, probably LinkedIn is always a always a great one. It's always accessible whenever for most people. Yeah, or otherwise through through the hotel. But yeah, um, LinkedIn, you'll get me directly.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Joanne. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed that, and I um, I wish you all the very best for the next phase into into Christmas and beyond. And uh, I'll, we'll we'll catch up soon. I have no doubt.
1: Indeed, next time you're in London, I'll go and uh, I'll show you down streets in that pretty cool apartment, and you can visualize I'm um, watching ET if
0: there's yeah and if there's uh, if there's champagne and cigars involved then I'm I'm cool with the champagne but not the cigars
1: okay that's fine but let's <laughs> face it we are hoteliers we do know how to eat and drink well that's part of the perks of being in the industry so Absolutely. for
0: sure fantastic <laughs> take care
1: you too thank you bye bye
0: And there we have it. What a wonderful journey so far and I'm so grateful that Hospitality has people like Joanne. If we unite all the people who make a positive difference we really can fight back against the negative tide. A huge thank you to Joanne for her time. We'll be back next Wednesday with more stories from Hospitality but until then, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.